I have the privilege of sharing God's word today. No worries, I didn't prep anything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> we're going to go to the Lord, receive from the Lord what he will have us to share. And I entitle this message, Who is Our Father? Who is our Father? In light of Father's Day, I was thinking about it, what to write. I've been somewhat wrestling all week long, and we'll work on it, and then we'll stop. We'll read Scripture, we'll study Scripture, and then we'll stop, and back and forth. Uh, I was texting Miss D, other people, I talked to Sharon yesterday, so like, pray for me, because I still have nothing. Um, I'm doing a bunch of stuff, I'm resolving, I'm making sure everything's well, but um, I haven't gotten it. And then between yesterday evening and this morning, which is a funny story. I just basically, God was basically speaking to me. I was so excited to write it. But as I was trying to write the message and I was anxious, I was like, well, I'm speaking on Father's Day. Might as well spend time with God. Might as, like, not that I don't spend time with God, but might as well spend time with my Heavenly Father. So I went to my aunt's house, and I was like, let me clean the pool, because I'm crazy. Let me clean the pool. Let me relax. Let me swim in the pool. Let me enjoy. And as I'm doing that, I'm listening to worship, and I just glorify God. And it was just like a delight to just be peaceful and restful in God's presence, to know that he's my father, to anchor myself in that relationship, to anchor myself in that identity. So I just wanted to share that, that it was just like an exciting, fun week. Well, past two days, just resting in Jesus. I was uh, looking for this message. But the reality around this time is that this can be a joyful time for many and a sorrowful for others. But today I want you, all of us, those who are watching, those who are in this place, I want all of us to listen in to this message because I want to tackle this idea, who is our father? If I would base my answers on society and statistics, I know that half of this room, if not more, do not have a present father in their lives either because the father has left or they didn't know how to engage their present, but they're not really involved in your life, or they don't know how to do that. So they all avoid it altogether. At the same time, even when you have had a father that's been present and caring and important to remember that that's our humans, even the best fathers in the world will drop the ball, will make mistakes, will make poor decisions, and the reality of all of those things is that that doesn't mean they don't care, but they have fallen because they're human. And nonetheless, everything that happens in our lives would impact us, impact us, either leading us towards growth or disaster or brokenness or stay in brokenness. This is a reality for all of us in this room and for many who are watching. So why should you care? Why should you care to listen to me this morning? Why should you care to pay attention to this sermon? The reason I'm saying all these things prior to looking into Scripture is that many of us, whether we realize it or not, depending on your experience on your earthly father, you can project that onto our Heavenly Father. Many of us don't realize this, but depending on our experience of our physical father, if he was absent we'll feel like God is absent. 
if he didn't provide, we'll feel like God won't provide for us. I was talking to one of my dear, lovely family members, and they were saying to me, oh my goodness, that is such a reality because my dad, when he said I was going to do something, he would do it. But he would never show care or love for me. So I can trust God's promises for me. I can trust God that he would speak to me, and she was telling me this, but I really have a hard time grasping the fact that God loves me. So the reality for all of us in this room, we are impacted by our fathers. And sometimes I want you to listen in as I tackle this idea, who is our father? Because whether your father has been great or not the greatest, whether he's been amazing or strict, whatever it might be that you might be, might be, I'm saying not that you are, but you might be projecting that same reality and you look at God through the same lenses that you experienced your early father. For all of us, that's a reality. So I want you to apply that, to understand that you can use that example in any way, in your life, in whatever. Think of that. Think of your father. Think of the good and the, and the bad qualities. The good things you feel, oh, I can see God doing that for me. And then the other things is like, yeah, this is why I struggle to look at God as that. Depending on your experience and your awareness, that might be the way we are looking at God. But I have good news, church. God is not like any earthly father. Regardless of how good or absent our fathers have been or your father have been, our heavenly father is, does not compare to any father on this side of eternity. He's different from our early father. Church, everyone, young and old, desires to be known, loved, cared for, provided for, and protected by their father. I don't care who you are. I don't care how old you are. Everyone in this room, everyone watching, wants to be known, loved, cared for, provided for, and protected by their father. We have been wired for relationship that our God desires to bring, and our God, the God of the universe, desires to bring wholeness, freedom, healing, purpose, direction to each and every single one of us. So out of the many truths that are in Scripture declaring about our God, who our God is, who our Father is, this morning we're only going to take a look at three of them out of all the many uh, that they are. But the first one I want to look at is our God is our good heavenly Father. Our God is our good heavenly Father. Malachi 2.10 says, Do we not have one Father? Did not one God created us? Ephesians 4.6 says, One God, Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And in the Gospels, Jesus teaching his disciples to pray to the Father. Con the contextualization of the scripture has so much debt. So I will highly encourage you to go back and read it and study Matthew 6. And we can have so much debt. But just looking at verse 9, he says, This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our God is our good heavenly Father. 
He is holy, and holy is his name. The reason why this is so important for all of us in this room and all of us who are watching is our God, Heavenly Father, is not like any other father. He's holy. He's in heaven. Our God, our Heavenly Father, is in heaven. His point of view is way different than our point of view. His reality, the way he sees us, is so much different than our perspective and our limits. But our Heavenly Father has always been. God speaks about himself in Isaiah 46, 10, and he says, declare the end, I declare in the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which I have not been done, saying my plans will establish and I will accomplish all my good pleasures. Here's where we get the statement that God sees the end from the beginning. This principality, this truth in God's word, that God sees the end from the beginning. Our Father in heaven, he is holy. He's high and lifted high. He's in the heavenly realm. There is nothing about him that has darkness. He's not a man that he should lie. He's a good, caring father who calls us, who speaks to us, who wants to walk with us. And he sees the end from the beginning, and he desires to walk with you and I. The prayer in Matthew 6, 9, not only teaches us that our God is in heaven, but that he's holy. That word hollow means to be made holy, to consecrate, to be greatly revered and honored. Our heavenly Father is not seen, doesn't see from a greater point, sees us, I mean, our heavenly Father sees us from a greater point of view, but he is holy. He is full of light. Our heavenly Father is full of light. He's, when the light shines, darkness must flee. There's no darkness in him. In the Psalms, David was praying to the Lord and says, Even if I go to the lowest death and I'm in darkness, even when I'm there, darkness is light to you. Because God is love. God is light. God is so powerful. This is the heavenly Father that we're talking about. Our God it's our good heavenly Father, filled with awe and wonder and majesty, holy, high, and lifted up. This is our heavenly Father who walks and desires to walk with us. Numbers 23:19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. He has said, and he will, will he not do it. Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it? God is trustworthy. That was him declaring of himself, I, because I am holy, there's no darkness in me. Because I am holy, I, I will not lie. Because I am holy, what I say I will do. Because I'm holy and separate in majesty and in power, I, what I declare about myself, who I am, who I demonstrate myself to be throughout the generous, throughout Scripture, I am holy and separate and I desire to you and I will fight for you and I love you. You can trust in me. I will not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can trust our good and heavenly Father's character. Because God is holy, separately, highly exalted, we can trust him because his nature stays the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am always in awe 
that our Heavenly Father desires relationship with us. This holy king that ifs up hell like he dislikes sin. He dislikes because he's so holy, he cannot mingle with sin because he's so righteous, but he so desires relationship with us that the scripture that's most quoted in church and throughout the world is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Our God, that's my second point. Our God is our good, loving Father. Our God is our good, loving Father. He's in heaven, He is holy, and He loves you and me. He so loved the world. He didn't love Christians, He didn't love who follow Him. He so loved the world. Every single one of us, whether we were close to him or whether we were far away, he so loved the world that he gave his only son that we can have relationship with him. We have to go through the Father, through Jesus Christ, and repent and humble ourselves and change our ways. But he so loved us. The reason why we run to God is not just because we might go to hell. Yes, that might work for a little bit. Wonderful. But the reality, the reason we should love to God, run to God and walk with God, is not because we just might go to hell. No, it's because he loves us. Because of demonstration of his love, because of the demonstration that he was willing to give up his only son for you and I. That demonstration of that love is what should grasp our hearts and humble us and say, wow, I'm in awe that the God of the universe wants to have relationship with me. will make whatever way possible. To pay a price so that nothing can stop me from his love. That's the God we serve. That who is who our heavenly father is. The God of the universe gave his only son because he loves the world. It wasn't just for a few people. It was for all of us. I felt like saying that because in the midst of brokenness in this world, Many men and women feel unloved and uncared for. Well, this morning I'm here to remind you and tell you, you have a good heavenly father that cares for you, that loves you, and when he will go through great lengths to make it easy for all of us to get to know him through his son Jesus. Because he sent his only son Jesus to die on a cross for your mistakes and my mistakes. We can have access to him. We can call him Abba. Multiple verses in Psalms 86 declares why our God is a good loving father. Verse 5 says, You, Lord, are forgiven and good and abounding in love to all who call to you. That was Psalms 86, 5. Verse 10 says, For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Verse 15, But you, Lord, are compassionate compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and in faithfulness. This is our good and heavenly Father, abounding in love, gracious, full with compassion, slow to anger. And how many of us need that patience? 
How many of us are recipients of that patience for God? I love how he doesn't just shame us into living right. He walks alongside to change our hearts and transform us because of his love. You can never shame somebody into holiness. You can never shame somebody. They might change, but you might get behavior change, and there's not a heart transformation. But God is after our hearts. And when we walk with him, when we encounter his love, when we walk and encourage and receive that love, and we live that love out, man, our hearts are transformed. And it's not a shame-based or a religion that you have to behave this way. No, it's because you realize how much your father loves you. You realize how he walks with you. You realize the pain and the greatness that he paid for you to walk with him. Regardless of your experience with your early father, I pray you receive this good news, this gospel, that our God is a loving father who loves you. He loves you. Hear those words. He loves you. Say your name right after what. He loves you, Sharon. He loves you, Peter. He loves you, Sam. He loves you, Xavier. I pray right now that in the name of Jesus, whether you have been running away from God or have not cared about God or have been hurt by church and its leadership or have wounds from an early father, that by God's power, through his Holy Spirit, that that brokenness will be broken off of you and that you would desire, that he will place that desire inside of you to encounter the realness of who he is and to allow him to walk with you so you you yourself, not so you can base it off me or somebody else, but you yourself can experience the greatness and the wonderfulness and the powerfulness of walking with an heavenly father alongside who is for you, who wants to deliver you, who wants to set you free, who wants to give you life, who wants to give you purpose so your life matters. I pray that he will place that desire inside of you because my words cannot do that. But his Holy Spirit, I pray that will go and divide deep down in your heart and place that longing inside of you that you say, God, I'm going to give you a try. I'm going to choose you despite of my past experiences with that leader. I'm going to choose you despite my dad walking out on me. I'm going to choose you even though I have all this brokenness of what could have been, should have been. God, I'm going to choose you and let go of everything else, and I'm going to experience you for the fullness of your word and your authority and get to know you according to your scriptures, not based on opinions, not based on a sermon, not based on a leader, not based on a pastor, but on your word and what you encounter me with your truth. I pray that that becomes so real to many of us in this room and those who are watching. Amen. Lastly, our God is our good providing father. By this point, I hope that I made a distinction <laughs> that our God is better than any earthly father that we as humans can comprehend or have experienced. His love for us is uncomparable. In Matthew, Jesus describes how even the early fathers know how to give gifts, good gifts and our Heavenly Father gives much more than that. In Matthew 7, he says that, verse 9 and 11, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would you give him a stone? 
Or if he asks for fish, would you give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, talking about early fathers, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? Our good and heavenly Father provides for us. Our God is a good providing Father. Matthew 6 Verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than this? Hear those words. That Jesus was speaking. Are you not more, much more valuable than this? You and I are more valuable than the birds. You and I are valuable to our Heavenly Father. He wants to provide for you, for your every need. That doesn't mean God is going to make you rich. That's not what I'm saying this morning. Don't twist my words. He, but he will provide for your needs. I personally have seen it time and time again. One of the many ways God has provided for me was by bringing incredible men in my life who model what a good heavenly father might look like. So gentlemen, in this room, even though throughout my sermon I made it clear that God, our good and heavenly father in heaven, is not like any of us, that's not an excuse for any of us to not be involved or not to model the way God would love us. We are all first need to, all of us, young, old, man, woman, all of us need to run to our Heavenly Father. We can't give what we don't possess. We can't give what we don't have. All of us need to run to the Heavenly Father. So let us make that a priority to walk in close relationship with our Heavenly Father. As we do, let us love those around you the same way our Heavenly Father loves you. As you and I love those around us because we experience the Father's love for us, guess what? God will use you to be His provision as a father figure to somebody else. And as He uses you, He will bring healing, wholeness, freedom and joy to a child, to a friend, to a leader, to a student, to a co-worker, because you love the same way the Father is loving you. There are many men like me, there are many people like me who might not have had a consistency of their biological father in their lives. He's still alive, I still talk to him. But I can tell you God provided for me through my great-grandfather Huang, through my spiritual, to our loving father who welcomed me into his family when I was newly Christian in the faith, Jason, Mark, Pastor Joe. Man, he saw me grow up in the church. Uh, he ministered in the projects where I used to live. My house was being shot at. Like, man, they, uh, that's where they grabbed me from. They ministered and they loved me. And when I graduated from college, I didn't want to go back to that type of environment. And Pastor Joe said, come, come live with me. 
good heavenly father. God provided for me through this man and my incredible spiritual father, Pastor Forrest Beiser. Man, I am a changed man because God provided for me. God provided me men who experienced his love and shared that love with me. They experienced God's love. They experienced God's heavenly love for them. And they impacted my life. And they loved me through that same way. None of the men that I mentioned in my sermon or above are perfect, were perfect. None of them are. Church, can I tell you a secret? It's not really a secret. But God is not after perfection. I don't know why we bought into that idea. He's holy. He's righteous. And he desires us to be transformed and changed. He does that inside of us. But he's not after your perfection. He's after your heart's direction. So many of us get caught up in that I have to look this way. I have to act this way. I have to have everything before I say something, before I invite somebody to know Jesus, before I model, before I care. But God is not after your perfection. He's the one transforming you to become more and more like Jesus, like his son. But he's after, he's after your heart's direction. Where's your heart pointed? Who is your father? Who are you trying to fulfill? Who are you trying to please? Are you trying to please him? Are you trying to please your early father that nothing satisfies? And they're wavering and changing. But our heavenly father delights in you. He delights in us. He's after your heart. So gentlemen, I challenge you to run to God because you also need his love. Whether you're old or young, whatever age you are, you also need to walk with Jesus. You also need to walk with your heavenly Father so as you walk with him, you can pour out into other children, young and old, whatever it might be. The Father, so he can use you to impact the lives of those around you. God is our heavenly Father who so loves us and delights in providing for us. Psalms 149.4 says this, For the Lord takes delight in his people. Our God is our good heavenly Father. He's our good loving Father. And he's our good provider. My dear friends, my beloved, run to God, the Father who loves us this morning. Run to God, our good and heavenly Father. I promise you that life will not be perfect. Sad events will happen, and they might be happening right now. But this morning, I hope I challenge you to think differently about our good heavenly Father. And I pray that God will place a hunger inside of you to encounter him, to walk with him, and to allow him to be your personal father as he changes and transforms you. Amen?